0: Memory today now on 46 You don't need me to tell you, and we have chatted about it a lot on the show, that the local economy has taken a serious hit due to COVID 19. And you'll remember all the chat about the COVID 19 mobility plan guiding Limerick through COVID 19. Uh, One of the things introduced locally uh, to try to help business and also try to help people across Limerick City and County get back on their feet. Um, The plan, uh, which uh, happened, of course, during the summer, um, uh, had uh, big, supporters and had some people who weren't fans of some or all of it. Um, But uh, now we're trying to figure out how much of it will be left because certainly we were talking to some council officials who were pointing to the things that they were going to keep in the plan um, and how much of it will now go to one side uh, well uh, Councillor Elisa O'Donovan is uh, on uh, the uh, show with us this morning she's on the line uh, as is Cahirlach of the Limerick Metropolitan Area of Limerick City and County Council Fine Councillor Sarah Kylie, and you're both very welcome, uh, good morning to you um, Elisa, uh, my sense of it from what you've been saying on Twitter is that you're not massively impressed with what will be left from the guiding Limerick through COVID 19 plan that was in place across the summer?
1: Um, good morning, Joe, and good morning to all your listeners. Um, yeah, I think you've summed it up there for me. I'm, I'm not that impressed by it, I have to admit. Um, you know, as, as your listeners will remember, obviously, Limerick, um, we went into a lockdown in, in March. Um, we um, the, the Guiding Limerick Through COVID uh, document was produced. It took many months to produce it. And then finally, we saw measures put in place on the 16th of July. Um, So certain measures were put in place. So, um, you know, things like restricting car traffic going into along the river um, to make it easier for people to physically distance and walk and different things like that. Um, Those measures were put in place for 42 days and then they were removed um, on the 28th of August. Um, And you know, as you mentioned there in your introduction, you know, we are still very much guiding our city through this pandemic. Um, and I, I am very concerned about the message that it sends out. It sends out about the confidence in our city um, and guiding our way through this pandemic when we just see all measures that were put in, in place and um, pretty much reversed at this stage. Um, there's only a very few of the measures um, left in place. One of them is... Advisory speed limit signs—they are left in place—and um, I haven't seen the data on them. But I, um, from from what I gather, walking around town, um, I think people are um, sticking to the the speed limit um, of 30 miles per hour throughout or kilometres an hour. And um, the other thing that's left in place, I guess, is the parklet on Catherine Street. And um, the parklet on O'Connell Street will be removed shortly because there will be there will be revitalisation of O'Connell Street. Um, and then I guess the, the cycle lane on, on Shannon Bridge is going to be left as well. Um, but I just don't think that is, is good enough for our city. And as we navigate ourselves, um, you know, through this pandemic, I think it was an opportunity for the council to really do so much more in the city. And um, it's sad that they didn't take that opportunity. And we wasted a lot of money um, in, in um, you know, throughout the summer. Right.
0: Um, I mean, got, you'd go that far, you'd say wasted money.
1: Yeah, so um, the the council spent 100000 on the um, mobility plans for the city. Um, So I calculated it, and I calculated that the council spent €2,300 per day on these mobility plans. Um, I just don't think that that is good use of of public money. I think that um, to have just short-term measures put in place for for literally what was a month um, just is not good enough when we are facing probably – um, you know, huge um, economic vulnerabilities within the city and um, for so many businesses and so many people. Um, I just don't think that was good enough spending by the council.
0: Right. We're chatting to independent councillor Elisa O'Donovan and uh, Fine Gael councillor Sarah Kiley. Um, so, Sarah, Elisa says this was a waste of money. Uh,
2: good morning, Joe. Good morning, Elisa. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a waste of money at all, in actual fact. Um, If you look at the data, which I have been doing um, for the last couple of weeks. um, Firstly, I'd like to pick up on a few points that Elisa made there. The the spending did not uh, come from the council budget. It came from the National Transport Authority that forms part of government policy. And um, we'd we'd obviously be directed in some capacity by their standards and rules. So that's the first thing to pick up on. Um, I chaired the one of the meetings in relation to the, the guiding Limerick through COVID 19 at the beginning of this. And it, we all agreed at that meeting and we all knew at that meeting um, that this was going to be temporary and that it was going to be removed on the 28th of August. And that's exactly what happened. The fact that Elisa is saying that it costs €2,300 per day, to me, that's just massaging the fact. To be quite honest with you, because um, the parklet on Castle Street, everyone is saying how, how well it looks, how much it's used. The O'Connell Street build-out is what it is, not a parklet. There is a difference. One is designed by an engineer and one is designed by an architect. And that was part of the plan as well, to see how each would look and see how each would work. All of this forms part of what we will be looking at in the transport strategy. So the one in O'Connell Street will be there till probably another six months, I would imagine. That's only my estimate and could be longer, depending on the progress in O'Connell Street. Um, So look, it is going to be there for at least another few months, if not six or more.
0: But but can I just ask Amy, what Councillor Donovan said in her tweet, you know, today we see Limerick Council reversing 100 grand of public measures that were in place for 42 days of the COVID mobility plans in Limerick City. We are left with a short cycle lane, advisory speed limit signs and a couple of click and collect spaces. Is she right or wrong about that?
2: She's wrong. Because we're also left with free Saturday parking and we're left with a massive amount of data that will form the strategy going forward for the engineers and for the councillors and the council executives. We don't... We, anything that was bought, anything physical that was acquired is now... Anything that has been removed has been put into storage for future use, for future needs. And the, the strategy, which we have a presentation on today, actually, from the National Transport Authority, all that stuff will be reused. The other stuff that came is the knowledge the knowledge that we now have as a result of this guiding limit through COVID-19. There's lots of information that's been collated by the engineers at the moment. Lots of people have been out and given feedback um, in the form of submissions still to the council. There, people just need to pick up a newspaper and see the amount of coverage that this is getting. And on that show, the coverage that we've been getting, for the most part, has been very positive. I was contacted by a councillor, not of my own party, by the way, in Waterford recently, and they've been asking questions. Also a couple of councillors in in Cork, and they've been asking questions because, Cork, we need to remember this as well. We have to realise that Cork are two years ahead on their transport strategy. We're only starting ours. So for us to be compared to Cork isn't really fair. It's like comparing apples and oranges. And I think we need to really keep in our heads here. When you're putting up negativity on Twitter, you're putting out a bad, bad, bad message to the rest of the country and the rest of the world that Limerick is not a great place to come. Okay. Actually in fact, it's the opposite joke. Oh, okay, 70% okay, right. Well, look, you, you've
0: said quite a bit there now. So, um, uh, we're talking to Fine Gael Councillor Sarah Kylie, who is Coherlock of the Limerick Metropolitan Area of the City and County Council, and independent councillor, Elisa O'Donovan. So, Sarah Kiley says that you are massaging the facts and querying, putting up a negative message on social media, Elisa.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's interesting as well that, as Sarah mentioned, Waterford and Cork, because we saw in in all the other major cities in Ireland, we saw them accelerate their progress plans over the last year. And I will go back to, um, first of all, to say I absolutely love Limerick and um, I see every day the potential it has. And I don't think I wouldn't be doing my job as a councillor if I didn't ask questions on how public money was being spent. That is me doing my job as a councillor. And I go back to the the vision statement that was in Guiding Limerick Through COVID, which which basically laid out that what those COVID mobility plans were to do was to give Limerick City Centre an edge by making it a desirable, safe and fun place to live. Do I think we achieved that over the 42 days? I don't think so. And I also think the other thing that was included in that strategy was in relation to um, supporting growth in the evening and the nighttime economy. I don't think that was done over the 42 days either. And I think it's really, really important that we um, we, we call for um, for these measures. Yeah, I to be In fairness, Elisa,
0: to to you know everyone involved on all sides, if your wet pubs are closed and your nightclubs are closed, you know, trying to support the nighttime economy when most of it doesn't exist is, is not easy.
1: Yeah, well, I think we saw, let's say, um, along Howley's um I, you know, I live in the city centre and I, I was walking along Howley's Key frequently um, over the over the trial of the COVID mobility plans. And it was thronged down there. It was lovely to see all the seats outside, house, everything like that. It was a much more pleasant and um, better place. But, but house, house was
0: open because house could be open because they were serving food.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for me, what the guiding guiding Limerick through COVID was all about was it was about making Limerick a more desirable place to live. We saw other cities really accelerate um, plans in order to do this. We saw that in Waterford. We saw that in Cork. We saw it in Dublin. We saw trials. We saw trials being extended. And this was from March. This was from March, April. In Limerick, we waited until the end of July before even one measure was put in place. Um, and then we spent a significant amount of public money on it, and then we just hummed and we hoard, and when really we should have used the five months, the six months that we had, to really encourage right. um, and implement um, better planning objectives okay, okay. for the city well, centre, because um, we are we are coming into a very difficult time economically yeah. Yeah. Um, and for residents of the um, city as well.
0: Councilor Sarah Kylie, isn't that a fair point? Were we not late to this,
2: Joe? So, Statutory notices are set down in legislation and to implement any road traffic um, changes, you need to put these notices in. There's um, a legal requirement for that.
0: But that applies across the country, it's not just in Limerick.
2: It does, yeah, yeah. And Limerick is very um, complex in that regard. Uh, You know, the street closures have to be done properly. Now, if we're going, like I said, you can't compare Cork with us because they're two years ahead on their transport strategy. And I'd like to point out as well that I'm glad to see Councillor O'Donovan using the city. I also use the city um, regularly. I'm in there most days. And down by the river, um, As what has been left or kept as a result of the COVID-19 mobility plan, I'd like to point out as well. The cleaning and deep cleaning of the city came out of that budget as well. The river area and our streets, some deep cleaning took place there. The railings along the river look absolutely fantastic and it's way more usable. The lane just off William Street that connects Cruiser Street there, that has been cleaned up. That looks fantastic. The stuff that works um, is going to be used and will continue to be used. There are lots of positives out of this and we should really be right. focusing on this um, public transport strategy is very important going into the future and this is what we're going to okay. be using
0: this data there's one other thing that uh, councillor donovan made a couple of references to and does she not have a point here and that is mm-hmm. what we're still facing into economically i mean how worried are you about the warnings from the acting chief medical officer sarah about limerick and telling us we need to take extra care and we know what that means it means we're on the radar of the National Public Health Emergency Team, could we be facing restrictions even more so than other parts of the country?
2: Well, looking at the figures, Joe, and you're watching the news the same as I am and all the listeners, um, of course we have cause for concern regarding the figures at the moment to do with new cases in Limerick. However, if people do the right thing and own up to their personal responsibility, as we all should be doing, with the correct hand-washing, the, the, the wearing of face masks where possible and appropriate, and just being cognizant of your surroundings, we can still manage to get the numbers back on track and get them down. People would do you it's think it's that personal the, responsibility. the
0: message has been weakened around that, um, Sarah?
2: I wouldn't imagine it's been weakened, Joe. I just think people are, you know, getting back into school, getting back to work, getting back to, hopefully, their lives. Our lives will never be the same again after this. It's left an awful impact on our mental health, all of us. And our young people have had six months of this. So I think positivity is the key here, Joe. And you gain more by, um, by putting a positive message out and reinforcing good behaviour than focusing on bad behaviour, especially when it comes to children. Reward them for washing their hands. Say, well done, you're doing a great job. Make it part of the routine. The same with adults and older people help them, reach out to them, encourage them to reach out when they're feeling low. We can do an awful lot of public risk and we have a responsibility to do it, joe We need to reach out yeah. to our constituents and uh, to the people in Limerick.
0: And what would you say about that, Elisa, Donovan?
2: Yeah, I guess, um,
1: you know what, I, I think, I, I agree with Sarah that positive messages in relation to public health guidelines are really, really important. But I would say there's very conflicting messages coming out from the council. Sarah mentioned there in relation to that we had to go through statutory processes to close roads. This actually wasn't the case, as we saw with Theatre Lane, which was closed overnight. And you remember, Joe, I was on to you asking questions about that. I do, I do, yeah. Um, So if the council wanted to close, there was emergency legislation passed, and very early on in COVID, to give local authorities powers to close roads if they wanted to. We saw that happening with Theatre Lane. Um, So for me, I get very, very frustrated with, I see the potential for the city, but I, I don't think it is fair how things are done. Like, there's one rule for the residents that we have to wait for a statutory process, and then there's another for, for maybe some businesses, which I think it's great that they have, um, um, you know, chairs and, and things like that outside. And I think there's just been a huge unfairness. And I think it's the same for, for the wet pubs and things like that. There's been a huge unfairness in relation to how restrictions have been placed on people during um, this pandemic.
0: And we hear a lot well, can about... Can you imagine how we're, how we're going to feel in Limerick, and oh, if ooh. we end up with further restrictions on top of what's happening? It seems to me that the people of Kildare have been deeply bruised by what's yeah. happened to them over uh, a month or so. Deeply bruised. I think they feel Absolutely. really, really bad about, in their minds, being picked out.
1: Absolutely. And I think the issue with Kildare um, was in relation to um, meat factories, direct provision centres. I think in Limerick, you know what, people have been doing a very good job, you know, and I've said this many times on here. Um, I see people, they're wearing their mask, they're doing their good hand hygiene, they're doing their sneezing etiquette. Um, and Do you know? I agree. I agree forward, with that, Elisa. But
0: the frustration to... for Limerick Today listeners is, and the part they can't quite get in their heads is: yes, everyone does seem to be doing a very good job, but cases are still on the rise, and the acting chief medical officer is calling us out at press conferences.
1: Absolutely. And look, this is we are we are still living with this virus, and it's so. Can both be true? Is my decide. point?
0: Can both be true?
1: Yeah, I think we. Do you know what? We're all navigating our way through it and we just have to take the best public health um guidance and i think you know what the 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 chief medical officer was right to alert us and, and to, to, to tell us look we we're we going to have to keep this um under control and we have schools reopening this week so we just have to be extra extra careful i know a lot of people are still working from home um you know and there's a lot of vulnerable pet populations yeah. you know yeah, but
0: what I, what i would say about that sarah kylie is that you know Limerick people, and in fairness, with a degree of justification over the years, are a bit prickly about being picked out. Okay.
1: And And the question, the question, (laughs) no, just let me let me (laughs) finish
0: the question. Let me finish the question. Okay. So, if we do end up being picked out, if we do end up in a situation similar to Kildare, how are we going to feel about it?
2: Well, I think if it's justified, it'll have to happen. Um, I hope it won't happen and your your term there, prickly about being picked out, I would say passionate about our city not prickly about being picked out because we all just want the best for our city and I think we have a unique council here in front of us where we work better together than any previous council in my opinion and people have said that to me and I'd like to just pick up on the Theatre Lane thing the Councillor O'Donovan just said there it didn't happen overnight as was Uh, put out on Twitter for all to pick at. It was worked on for two weeks with the businesses and the residents in the area and the councillors. And I know Councillor Daniel Butler had an interest in that because it is his electoral area. So two weeks it took to get that done. I'd also like to point out about Theatre Lane, that it's not a main road. It isn't really used in the evening time. And it was the right fit for those businesses and you sure, look, you can see the photos that says It was really successful. Right. It was easier to close off a lane than okay. the main road. OK,
0: well, listen, we could spend all morning talking about this and we thank you both very much for coming on and for your contributions to it. It's certainly going to continue all of this debate uh, for uh, a while to come on Limerick today and elsewhere. Uh, thank you to Cahirlach of the Limerick Metropolitan Area and Fine Councillor Sarah Kiley and Independent Councillor Elisa O'Donovan.